Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,866, the topic is in-depth and the title is Diets That Work But Don't. (laughs) Uh, If you're newer to the in-depth podcast uh, subject. These are podcasts that are just going to be a little bit longer than our usual ones, and I'm going to have a little more just kind of rantiness or a little more uh, realness to these in the sense that everything's not as scripted, just going to talk a little bit. And my goal is to explore different subject matters that people want to hear about and try to go a little bit deeper into them. Uh, from the last in-depth podcast, somebody requested today's topic was they wanted to learn a little bit more about the diets that I have tried. They're considering the typical New Year's like New Year's resolution. They want to lose weight. And um, the, the shortened version of what they sent me in an email was they realized it's very common for people to say that that's a goal. And it's very common for people to try crazy things, flame out, and then they never really succeed. And they wanted to hear a little bit about what I have tried in the past that didn't work and what I have found that does work. So it was a really cool question. I appreciate anybody that ever sends in a message or an email. Uh, It's it's just awesome to know people are listening. Uh, So that's super duper fun. Uh, this person actually messaged me from Japan, so that was wild. <laughs> I've gotten actually a couple messages from Japan, so it's just neat to see in the different places in the world that people are listening to, to the podcast. So I genuinely appreciate when people send emails. Uh, again, our email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. I appreciate it when you do. So I'm going to tell a little bit about the story of diets that I have tried that worked but didn't. And what do I mean by that? If a diet works, but doesn't (laughs) is that the diet created change. Like it created results. I was able to make progress, but the method used wasn't sustainable. So therefore it worked to get a change in in, in a result, but it didn't because it couldn't be sustained. And therefore you, you lose the result or The diet worked. You got a result, but it wasn't the result that you actually wanted. So let's go through a couple examples. I wanted to start with the second version. (laughs) Uh, So of course I put it in the opposite order, but the second version is diets that produced a result, but a less than desirable result, meaning you got something from it, but it wasn't what you wanted to get or it wasn't what you thought you were going to get. I want to start with that because that happens more often than people think, and it was surprising to me when it happened. Uh, So one of the earlier diets I ever did was I had, when I was younger, I started my like fitnessy journey when I was 15 years old. I got in a play fight with a friend, uh, like a verbal like teasing match, and we were teasing each other back and forth, and they said, well, at least I'm not fat. I remember thinking to myself, I was like, well, damn. <laughs> I was like, it was this like moment of realization that if you had asked me before then if I was fat, I would say, oh, you know, like I, um, I don't have as much muscles as I want. I'm certainly not as lean as I'd want to be. But I would, I don't, I don't know if I would have defined myself as fat. But to have somebody say that to me 
made me realize, okay, well, apparently I am because they were able to use that as a, a weapon against me. So I didn't like that somebody was able to use something against me that I didn't want to be true of me. So I didn't actually get mad at the friend for calling me fat. I got mad at myself for being fat. And I was like, well, damn it, if you don't like that, if you don't like that somebody can call you that, like if somebody calls me lazy, but I'm actually lazy, that's my fault. <laughs> you know, it's not their fault for calling me out on what I am. It's my fault for being something I don't want to be, right? So I would think, remember thinking to myself, I was like, well, this is bullshit. Like, I don't like that somebody can call me fat. I don't like to be that I'm perceived as fat. I didn't really think of myself as being perceived as fat. I just don't like this feeling. So let me start doing something. That was actually on my 15th birthday uh, that we had gotten that tease fight. And then when I got home that night, I started doing, I did push-ups and sit-ups. My thought was at the time at 15 years old, this is pre-internet by the way, so I couldn't go home and just Google like what to do. I thought to myself, well, I'll do push-ups because push-ups will help build my like chest. I'll get a bigger chest if I do push-ups. And I'll do sit-ups because I'll lose belly fat if I do sit-ups. So I've since found out that that isn't quite how it works. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but if I, I can do all the push-ups in the world. But what I also decided to do with that was just not eat. So I wasn't eating any protein, which my body would have needed to build any muscle tissue. And you can't spot reduce fat. So I can't just do a bunch of crunches and lose only the fat over my belly. Uh, we lose fat kind of as a systemic process, like over the whole body kind of process. But I didn't know that at 15 years old. So I remember doing some push-ups and sit-ups, and, and this is the first day. So you're fired up and motivated, and you're just like hating on the world. So I was trying to think of myself, well, how, much, how many should I do? And I remember thinking, well, 250 has got to make some difference. So I'm going to do 250 push-ups and 250 sit-ups every single day until I'm not fat. Now, I did not know it was going to take this damn long. Because <laughs> I'm still working on that goal and I'm about to turn 40 years old. So it's like, damn it. <laughs> Took forever. Uh, but at the time... I couldn't do 20 push-ups in a row. And for me to do 20 sit-ups in a row was like, you do 20 and then your stomach's cramping and you're breathing hard and heavy. So it took me, oh my gosh. If I had to, I don't quite remember because it's been so long ago, but it would take me over an hour to repeat, like to do that. So I would do this at night when no one knew I was doing it because I was, you know, I was embarrassed. So... I would maybe get into my bedroom around 10 and it would be till like 1130 that I would be still doing push-ups and sit-ups because by the end I'm doing, you know, four push-ups, four sit-ups. Then you try to rest for a minute, then four push-ups, four sit-ups because you're just so worn out after the first two or three sets that you're just doing such small amounts. It took me forever. So I remember I would listen to, um, you know, I had like a Walkman at that time. So I'd listen to music you know, just be fueled by hate. <laughs> so, so much self-hate, it would be amazing. Like, talk about, like, the most powerful fuel in the world. But it took me forever to do, but I was able to do it. And from my 15th birthday to my 16th birthday, I missed 10 days. That's it. And seven of those, I was on a Boy Scout trip on a hike. I went on a big, long hike with some friends, and I was too embarrassed to do the push-ups and sit-ups in front of my friends. So... 
I just didn't do it on those days. So I ended up missing three other days throughout the year. I forget exactly why. But in a whole year, I did 250 push-ups and 250 sit-ups every single, like all days except for 10 days in a whole year. Pretty badass. That was, that was very effective. Now, what happened <laughs> from that was it was a year of eating no food. I ate one meal a day with my parents at dinner, so that way they would see me eat, and then I would work on doing my push-ups and sit-ups. I also then, at 16 years old, asked my parents to get me a weightlifting set, which I remember at that age was $600. So it was like, happy birthday, Merry Christmas for the next three years. <laughs> Here's $600 worth of weights. And I got a 300-pound weight set, and this bench that did um, uh, decline flat, incline presses, leg extension, leg curl. It had uprights in the back that you could also squat or do dips off of. It was actually a pretty badass setup. So genuinely appreciative to my parents who helped create all of this. Uh, you know, there wouldn't be Brutal Iron Gym. There wouldn't be this podcast. There wouldn't be me without them, uh, without their support. So that was 15 to 16 was push-ups and sit-ups 16 to like 17 was a lot of weight training I would go downstairs lift weights and I mean it would be two three hours just anything I could think of to do as miserable as I could make myself trying to get my body to change but at the same time I was only eating one meal a day Uh, so from that time span I went from five foot eight to six foot tall but I, went, I stayed at 165 pounds. So I gained four inches, but I stayed at 165 pounds. I lost muscle tissue, but stayed the same weight. So I just kept, I kept getting fatter because any time I would eat, my body would just save everything it possibly could as body fat. It would certainly not put in the work to build muscle tissue. Uh, it would not burn calories or allocate calories towards building muscle tissue. It would just simply try to store everything as fat. And at that time, I had no clue about protein percentage and you know what protein was what you needed to build muscle. So I was just eating once a day. You know, if it was weekends and I had to be around my parents, maybe I'd eat twice. But it was as little of food as possible for like two years. <coughs> so that led to me being going from skinny fat to skinnier fatter. <laughs> and then I started realizing, okay, I can't starve myself to a better body. Apparently, I'm just built to be fat. But maybe I could be big and fat. This is then whenever we got internet at the house, I could download uh, videos from RX Muscle in the Iron Asylum. Dave Palumbo, the owner of RX Muscle, would interview bodybuilders in a voiceover while like they would film, they would show a film of them lifting weights. So the film would follow them around the gym. Dave Palumbo and this person would do a voiceover talking about what the workout was. They were badass, amazing videos. They were about 20 minutes long. It took me 40 minutes to download on dial-up. <laughs> it was a mess. But I would watch those videos. As soon as I got home from school, you just like run through the door, like make, make sure no phone calls come through, try to download these videos. I would watch the video, and then I'd go downstairs and try to do everything I saw in the, in the video. So that was basically my experience from, I, I, it was roughly like 17 to 18 
my junior and senior year, kind of like the summer between the junior and senior year, then all of senior year, that was what I did, was I just downloaded videos uh, when I could find them on the internet and then try every exercise I could think of. Now, at that time, in those videos, I would hear them talk about what they were eating. So they would not only discuss the training, but they would discuss nutrition. And I would start to hear things such as, you know, protein versus carbs and fats. And they would say, you know, protein, you know, more protein, getting this much in to build my muscles. And I was like, oh, protein builds muscles. So I was like, oh, okay, I see. So I've been doing all the weightlifting, but I haven't been eating the protein. So what I took from this was protein would build muscles, carbs and fats, they're just energy. So they would just make me fat if I ate them. So I'm just going to eat only protein. Well, Anybody that's tried to eat only protein is pretty damn hard. <laughs> so I was struggling with that, struggling to get only protein food items in. And it just felt like weird because I wasn't sure about eating. I was coming out of two years of not eating. So my stomach was really small. My metabolism was non-existent. I, I had no hunger. I had gotten completely used to uh, only one meal a day. I didn't I didn't even recognize hunger at that time. I would just kind of feel queasy and sick and weird for a little bit during the day, but I wouldn't recognize that that was hunger because I had shut that mindset off. So I was struggling to get solid food in, and I ran across an article from Lee Priest, who was a bodybuilder in Australia, and he was talking about how when he, when he would try to grow, he would drink a gallon of milk, eat a loaf of bread, and eat a whole chicken. And I was like, well... Can't eat a whole chicken. I'm not going to eat bread because bread just makes you fat. Bread is carbs. Carbs will make me fat, so I don't need carbs. But I do need the protein, and there's protein in milk. So I was like, ah, okay. You know, I can't I can't buy and cook a chicken every day. Uh, this was before grocery stores had, like, rotisserie chickens available. So I was like, I can't buy and cook a whole chicken every day. I don't want the carbs because that's just going to make me fat. So I'll drink milk because the milk has the protein in it. I did not realize that milk had basically as much sugar as it did protein. I wasn't reading nutrition fact labels at that time. So I was like, well, you know, I'll drink a gallon of milk. I can't do solid foods. I struggle to eat enough, but I can drink. I can drink some fluids. So I started drinking a gallon of milk a day. Now, I was doing this coming out of a period where for two years I didn't feed my body anything. So my body was primed to store body fat. <laughs> it was ready, game on. Like I gave it one calorie and it would put all those cal all of that calorie as body fat. So my body was absolutely primed to store body fat. My metabolism would have been as low as low could be without somebody dying. Uh, was So my body would not have been eager to allocate extra calories towards other processes other than storing body fat. For two years, I tried to kill my body. So anytime it was going to get calories, it was going to store it as body fat to prevent from dying. So it wouldn't think, oh, well, we got some extra calories. Why don't we save some? But we'll use some to repair skin, to grow the hair, grow the skin, and, you know, the nails. We'll use some to do this. We'll use some to do that. The my body thought, oh my God, here's calories. Let's save all of them. All of them. Every single one of them. So I was primed, absolutely primed, to be fat. So I started drinking a gallon of milk a day, even though I was lifting weights. 
I was still brand new to lifting weights. My technique was probably trash. I had no mind-muscle connection. And although I was taking in more calories through milk, it was still not the right percentage of protein. I still wasn't getting in, you know, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. I was just trying to drink a gallon of milk and that was enough for the day. I went from 165 pounds to 210 pounds in two years, roughly. So I gained 45 pounds in two years and mostly fat. If I had consumed any more calories during the day, I probably would have just gotten more fat. But for most of those days, the the gallon of milk was all I ate. Like that's the only thing I had because it was already a struggle and I don't like food anyhow. So I might have only had a gallon of milk. But if I would have eaten more food, I definitely, definitely, definitely would have stored more body fat. So when you think about a diet being less than, it's not the result you want. So it worked like drinking a gallon of milk helped me gain weight. That was the goal of drinking a gallon of milk was I had been skinny fat, can I at least be big and fat? Can I at least gain some size? Because I was about to go be a freshman at college. I was going to go to the University of Pittsburgh. So I was going to be in a big city, meeting all these new people. I didn't want to be skinny fat. I was like, well, at least if I'm thicker, I would look like maybe a football player, you know, or I'd look some something that would look decent <laughs> rather than what I look like now. So my goal was to gain size. So... I had gained size. I went from 165 to 210. I gained 45 pounds. It worked. But the weight gained was absolutely almost entirely body fat. So it worked, but it didn't. (laughs) So it was a diet that worked, but it didn't. I gained weight, but not muscle mass. I gained body fat. Another desi- a diet that worked but kind of didn't, so it didn't have the desired effect, was the opposite direction. So rather than trying to gain weight, I was trying to lose weight. Uh, this is years later. I was doing a 10-month diet. I wanted to actually diet when my mom was getting ready for a bodybuilding show. So I helped my mom do three bodybuilding shows all after the age of 50, then got into powerlifting meets and has two elite totals, which is insane. Uh Less than 1% of powerlifters achieve an elite total. My mom has two of them, so pretty badass. Uh, So she was getting ready for a competition. She wanted to do a bodybuilding show, and she asked if I would do one with her. Now, at the time, I was pretty heavy. I was 270 pounds at six foot tall, but I knew I was kind of chubby. I was like, nah, this is kind kind of a chubby 270. I don't know what I would look like if I got, like, super peeled, and at the time, I was still, I had just like owned the gym. So this was, I think, the second year of owning the gym. I was insanely overwhelmed, just destroyed, overwhelmed. So I was trying to lift weights. I was still lit working out three, four times a week. Uh, you know, almost always four, but probably every once in a while I'd hit a week of three. But I was lifting weights, but I was just overwhelmed. So many things to do, all this, like trying to make money, trying to pay off bills, all this chaos. So I was like, well, I'll try it. I have no clue, (laughs) you know, what's going to happen. So at the time, I also decided to try a high-protein diet because I had tried many diets in the past, and I always think when it comes to my own stuff, I've gotten a lot better nowadays, but I always thought I had to suffer more than any client. So I would typically give myself more to do with less food than I would ever recommend to a client. 
And it's interesting just to have that as like your own, like your own perception of yourself is always a little skewed, or at least I feel like it is <laughs> uh, from everybody I talk to. So, well, there's a hell of a judgment. So I basically just said that when people tell me what they think of themselves, they're skewed. But what I mean by that is we tend to be our own worst critic. Sometimes we're our, our best cheerleader. <laughs> there are those people in the world. But most, most people I deal with all of the day and who I am is I tend to be my worst critic. So I would look at myself and be like, I'm a you know, fat piece of crap. And then somebody else might look and be like, dude, you're fine. You look great. What are you talking about? <laughs> so whenever I would take on diets or weight training, I would always think I had to do a little more cardio than everyone else. I had to eat a little bit less than everyone else. I always had to push the extremes a little bit because I felt like my body required that extra, that, that something more in order for it to work. Uh, so in this diet, I did 10 months and I pushed my protein percentage high. I went to 40% protein. It was actually a little over 40%. I tried to eat 400 grams of protein a day. Sounds like a lot, I know. Um, there's no kidney concern there. Uh, I've done all the research and yada yada. But um, I was doing 40 grams a day. Uh, in the 10 months, I, I don't remember missing a single day at 400 grams. Oh yeah, 400 grams, not 40. 400 grams of protein a day. I don't remember missing a day. I don't think I did. Uh, now this meant I was eating like 200 pounds of chicken a day, uh, two, yeah, two, two and a half pounds of chicken a day. I was getting chicken from a restaurant that I had a connection with through a client. So I was getting big, uh, 20 pound boxes of chicken and storing them in my fridge, uh, fridge freezer, which was a mess cause it wasn't built for that much chicken, but I was eating 200, two and a half pounds of chicken a day plus protein powder and some egg whites, but I was getting a ton, a ton, a ton of chicken in. Now, my carbs and fats were very limited, so in general, I was eating about 400 grams of protein a day or a little more with only about 3,000 to 3,500 calories, so that diet would have been about 45 to 50% protein. That's incredibly high protein percentage. Throughout the course of that, I was also doing cardio every day. I paired together 20 minutes of cardio every single day that had to happen before 6 a.m. I was trying to force myself to become a morning person. So I was getting up at 6 or earlier in order to do 20 minutes of cardio every single day for 10 months. So for 10 months, I ate 400 grams of protein. For 10 months, I did this cardio in the morning. Uh, so it was a wicked 10 months. <laughs> but... In total, through all the chaos, I went from 270 pounds down to 207 pounds. So 63 pounds in 10 months. That's about six pounds a month, about one and a half pounds per week. That's, if you break it down to the consistency of 1.5 pound per week, that's actually pretty good. That's, that's, that's an aggressive rate of loss. But it's still like normal-ish <laughs> in the sense to where if I was telling you I was losing five pounds a week, it'd be like, oh my God, that's insane. You were doing something crazy. But one and a half pounds per week, six pounds per month, I was pushing, but that's still normal. Like that's still within a, um, you know, arguably healthy rate. So I was doing two and a half pounds of chicken a day, protein powder, egg whites. My carbs were very limited, no like direct fats except for some, uh, I mixed in some peanut butter every now and then into uh, oats and egg whites and protein powder as like my fancy breakfast. Uh, but it was very, very, very limited energy nutrients. 
So since my energy nutrients, carbs and fats were very low, but my activity was sky high. I mean, I, I should have been eating way over 3,000 calories. I was doing 10 to, 20, 10 to 12 hours a day on my feet, training clients face-to-face. And that's not without any gap. Like I put them on a cardio machine for 30 minutes and I go do something else. That was literally 10 to 12 hours face-to-face, minute, like from minute one to minute 60, an hour in a row, talk, standing there talking to somebody. I would then run to the restroom for like 30 seconds to pee, come back out, and right there would be the next client. And I did that 10 to 12 hours a day. I still had my own workouts. I still had to clean the gym. I had to put away equipment. There was still a lot of work I had to do. And I was only eating 3,000 calories. Absolutely not enough. And of those 3,000 calories, half of it was protein. So insanely ridiculous, absolutely nuts. Uh, But it worked. (laughs) It worked. I lost 63 pounds. So it worked. But it didn't. And the way in which it didn't was I lost a ton of muscle mass. When I was 63 pounds lighter, I, I was leaner for sure. But I still didn't have like six-pack abs. I still didn't have veins everywhere. Uh, I would have had absolutely no glycogen. Like my, my glycogen would have been a ghost long gone. <laughs> uh, so I was as deflated as a human being could be. And I remember looking at myself and going, where did I go? <laughs> what happened? I looked like an athletic endurance athlete. Like if you looked at a marathon runner and went, oh, he's got a, got a lot of muscle for a marathon runner. That's what I looked like. And I was trying to get on a bodybuilding stage. It's like, holy shit. Like I wasn't even close. I had dieted off so much muscle. It was crazy. You know, with the energy being that low, I was training as much as I could, but I was pushing more into cardio than I was heavy weight loads. And my strength absolutely tanked. Uh, so it was just, it was a horrible environment for building and sustaining muscle tissue. But I kept seeing the scale go down. I kept seeing weight go up down. So I thought it was working. That was the goal. I got too narrow-sighted. And I was like, I just need to get rid of the fat. I need to get rid of the fat. I need to get rid of the fat. I need to get rid of the fat. But I didn't realize I was also getting rid of the muscle. So in both of these diets, when you think of the you know, gain weight by drinking a gallon of milk a day, when we think of trying to lose weight by high protein percentage, really low carbs and fats. Both of the diets worked. I achieved change. But it didn't lead to the result that I wanted. So it worked, but it didn't. Then we think of diets that are unsustainable. Believe it or not, I consider the two previous ones sustainable. (laughs) I could have kept doing them. I just stopped because I realized this really isn't getting what I want. Continuing to do this isn't going to help. So I just stopped them. But they were sustainable for me, for what I could withstand. But some unsustainable diets that I've done. I did one diet where I went from 220 pounds down to 190 pounds. I lost 30 pounds. By eating boiled chicken and frozen vegetables with hot sauce. That was when I ate every single meal. I couldn't eat anything else. If I was hungry, I could only eat boiled chicken and frozen vegetables. And I ran. I hate running, but I ran a mile and a half every day. That was a diet that 
By the time I got to the goal of 190, I damn sure did not want to continue. That was not enjoyable. (laughs) I lost the 30 pounds, but as soon as I got to the goal, I was like, okay, great, screw this. Let me me get the hell out of here because I survived it, hit the goal, but this is horrendous. I cannot sustain this. I've done other diets. I've, I've done diets where I lost 50 pounds in 10 weeks or less. I did three of those diets because they were like challenges, self-challenges. One time I lost 50 pounds in eight weeks. In all three of those times, my strategy was similar to the boiled chicken and frozen vegetables was I'm going to allow myself to eat certain foods and I can eat any amount of them that I want, but I can't eat anything else. The key is it's foods that have a high enough protein percentage but I don't really like them. <laughs> so boiled chicken and frozen vegetables, certainly enough protein, but who the hell wants to eat that every meal? So the diets that I did to 50 pounds in 10 weeks or less, I had brown rice and ground turkey with marinara sauce. So I could eat as much brown rice and ground turkey, there was a certain you know percentage of each, portion of each to make sure there was enough protein. And I could put on the marinara sauce. And I could eat as much of that as I wanted, but it was the only thing I could eat every day. So for 10 weeks, three different times in my life, that I had ground turkey and brown rice for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and any time I decided to eat again, which wasn't too often, it could only be ground turkey and brown rice. They worked. Those diets achieved the intended result. But good God, they were not sustainable. There was no way in hell... I was going to continue to eat brown rice and ground turkey as my only meals for the rest of my life. So, when we think about diets that work, but don't, they're diets that are typically unsustainable. Or, as you get closer to the goal, or when you get to the goal, you realize, oh shit, this isn't where I want to be. (laughs) You know, the previous diets, like, were... The gallon of milk, I gained weight, but I just looked in the mirror one day and I'm like, you're fat as hell, dude. What are you doing? You can't even see any muscles. You got to try something else. Or the diet where I did the high protein percentage for 10 months and I lost weight from 270 down to 207 and I was like, dude, you've lost a lot of weight, but where'd your muscles go? So I got to a result, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. What I thought would be fun to share, to kind of like make a point to all this, hopefully there's a point (laughs) to make it worth your listening, but in, in each of these moments, in the diet strategies that I've tried, that diets that worked but didn't, and with clients, diets that worked but didn't. Maybe a client did you know, a keto diet, lost a lot of weight, but realized it wasn't sustainable. They wanted to eat carbs at some point in their life. They didn't know how to do that properly, so they came to me for help. Maybe somebody did intermittent fasting, but only eating in certain time frames didn't work in a new season of life. Maybe they met someone, maybe they got a job change, maybe they got kids. Uh, Just something changed in their life, and that was no longer sustainable. Something in what they were doing had produced results. But it either wasn't sustainable 
or it got results, but it didn't get them what they wanted. In all of those moments, what do we do to correct that? Where do you go from there? I want to share with you what we do. <laughs> what we do from there. Like, how, Where do we go from there? What do you do when you get to the end of a diet and you can't sustain it? Where you get to the end of the diet and you're like, I can keep doing this, but it doesn't look like it's working. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's giving me what I wanted. So I got to try something else. What is that something else? What do we do from there? Well, the first thing we do is calories. We look at calories and we say, okay, am I coming from a place of eating chronically too little or chronically too much or incredibly inconsistent? Have I been eating really high on some days, really low on some days? Have I been eating so low that I'm having these intense and horrible cravings, these binges and purges, if you do purging? Uh, just what are we coming from? And typically the calories are going to be way low, way high, or both. They're going to be very inconsistent. So what we do is we try to get more consistency with the calories. We try to find an amount that gets rid of the extremes. Not too high, not too low, something that's sustainable but controlled. Meaning that we're eating enough that we have good enough energy. We're eating enough that we have, you know, good workouts. But we're not eating so much that we're seeing a lot of body fat gains. We're not eating so much that we feel full and uncomfortable at our meals. But we're not eating so little that we have huge hunger cravings that are causing, you know, the burn, the binging and extra eating. So we aim to find a sustainable but controlled, which means it's consistent, caloric intake. We eat less on less active days. We eat a little more on more active days. We aim to eat an amount that feels like enough but not too much in each meal. There's enough hunger that when the meal times come around, you, you would say, oh, I'm getting kind of hungry. It's probably time to eat again. And then what do you know? Hey, it's, it's around the time I normally eat. But not an amount of hunger that causes excessive eating. That's the goal, is just trying to find consistency in calories. From there, once we find that, we say, okay, well, of those calories, am I getting enough protein in? And the protein range I typically use from clients is anywhere between 0 0.6 grams per pound up to 1.2 grams per pound. That's 99% of my clients are in that window. We eat a little more if they train more. If they train more frequency or more aggressive in training, we eat a little higher end. If they don't train, because I have clients who don't even exercise, we just do nutrition coaching. Or they, they do train, but it's not very high muscle damage time of training. Then we eat a little bit less in that window. Because we, we just wouldn't need as much protein. And then we try to control and normalize our sugars. We might have some sugars around our training times if we need some energy. But away from workouts, we're not going to have a lot of sugar. We're going to try to bring sugar down. And then we look at consistency in meal timing. You know, am I consistent with when I'm eating every day? 
Doesn't mean I have to eat at the exact same time every day, but you know, if I if I wake up and eat within the first two hours, and I typically eat four to five hours later, another four to five hours later, and then I eat something in the evening. Can I do that every day? What that does, it helps control the hunger between meals, it reduces cravings, it improves daily energy, workout performance, and it reduces your body's desire to store body fat. Because it has a consistent amount of calories coming in, and it has a consistent amount of energy that it can count on. It doesn't need to store its own energy as body fat. But that's what we do. When you've experienced a diet that isn't sustainable or it led to results you didn't want, when you have done a diet that worked but didn't, (laughs) what do you do? You first look at calories, adjust to sustainable but controlled amount. And I usually use a calorie range per day for clients, you know, 200 range or 300 calorie range. They don't have to be exact every single day. It's not even possible. Protein, we just want to have enough protein to feed the muscles, repair the body, and help sustain fullness between meals. And we want to keep sugars low. It helps reduce body fat storage, helps uh, reduce hunger cravings, and it's uh, just sugar is not really necessary uh, outside of times of super high activity. What we try to do is just make things calm. (laughs) Get rid of the extremes. You almost, in a sense, are trying to find a nutritional safe space for your body. How can I give it enough of what it needs but not too much? How do I find that sweet spot in the middle? Let the body heal. Let it be calm. Just give your body some peace. That's what we look to do. So you might have had these experiences where you tried a diet and it worked, but didn't. <laughs> Meaning you, you lost weight if that was your goal, but it wasn't sustainable and you were miserable, so you didn't keep, keep that style of dieting. You went back to what you did before and maybe you gained all the weight back or some of the weight back. Maybe you've tried to build muscle before. You tried to eat more and more and more, but you couldn't keep it going. You got frustrated, overwhelmed, so you just went back to eating what you used to. We all have probably encountered some version of this where we did a diet and it worked, but didn't. We got an outcome from it. Something happened, but we couldn't sustain it or it wasn't what we wanted to happen. Don't stop there. Don't don't end your story there. Keep going. Work on normalizing calories, protein, sugars, and finding a safe space for the body. If you want help in doing that, we have two free options. Number one is set up a free 15-minute consultation with me. You can email me at brutalirongym at gmail.com or you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. Go to one-on-one services page. There's a link there to set up a free 15-minute consultation. Tell me what your goals are. Tell me what your struggles are. And I'll tell you what we would do if we worked together to solve them. If you like the approach, you can work with me. We don't have any contracts. So you can work with me a month, two months, three months, whatever you want. We'll get you on track and then you can go on your own. Or if you want to do it all on your own, 
on that on our website. You can go to free nutrition education. On that page, the first document is titled Create Your Own Nutrition Program. It'll tell you how to find the right calorie and protein amount along with meal timing. So that way you can set this up for yourself. So if you struggled with diets that worked, but didn't, <laughs> what do you do? You're going to do one of these two things. You're going to reach out to me for a free 15-minute consultation, or you're going to go to the website and download that free document. Because you want to find a safe space for calories. Make sure there's enough protein, not too much. Keep your sugars low, and then just be consistent with the timing, day to day to day to day to day. Give your body a safe space where it doesn't feel like it needs to hoard the body fat. It doesn't need to fight against building new muscle tissue because it's too underfed. Just give your body a place of consistency, of healthiness. And what you'll find is that you're going to get more of the results you want once your body normalizes to that new environment, that healthy environment. You can then push the calories a little bit this way or that way to push a little bit more change one way or the other. But you do it in small amounts, you do it in controlled amounts, you do it in ways that don't freak the body out. So I hope that although today's podcasts are these long ones, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was kind of fun to hear a little bit of what the diets that I've tried and struggled with. And I hope that you find hope. (laughs) That if you've struggled, if you've wanted to make a change, that is still possible. I hope you have an idea of how to do that. And I hope that you reach out. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to be able to help You can email me anytime, brutalironjim at gmail.com. Okay. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.